Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! Welcome back to Joygasm, where we talk about video games, movies, and pop culture. My name is Russ, Xbox Live Toaster360, and joining me is my gregarious brother, Steve, Xbox Live Steveovich, as we start episode 36 on this September 2nd, 2017. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at JoygasmTV and Facebook.com slash JoygasmTV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can also listen to our podcast on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash JoygasmTV, or do a search Joygasm TV on YouTube, and no matter which platform you use to enjoy the show, please drop us a subscription, thumbs up, or review. It helps us build awareness, which we appreciate very much. We have a great show for you today. In video game news, we check out the latest Overwatch animated Junkertown The Plan short, and the Sonic Forces release date slash swag info. Movie news includes the latest addition to the standalone Han Solo movie, Justice League credit info pertaining to Joss Whedon, and the passing of the original Godzilla actor Haru Nakajima. Our topic of the day is Overwatch Deathmatch impressions, but first things first, how you doing, Steve? Russ, you know, they, they can also find us on uh, tw- 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 Twitch. Every now and then. Um. <laughs> yes, they can. That's a very good point. I shall have to add that to the uh, notes. Indeed. Ross, I'm good. I watched a few <clears throat> things. I watched a few things mm. with an A, not an I. What did you see, Steve? Well, the season three of Narcos. Did you watch the whole thing? <laughs> or just the first episode? Russ, I, I held back from watching the whole thing. Ooh. Because it, it was it's it's it only was released like two days ago. Well, you may have binge watched it last night. Well, I could have, but I you know, I had to get a little bit of shut eye. <laughs> uh so I I watched the first two episodes, Russ. And how is it so far? Uh very good. Very good. Very good so far, Russ. Muy bien. Uh, muy bien. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mucho gusto. You'll notice right away there's a difference. Okay. But I'm not going to say what the difference is, Roy Rosa. I'm just going to let you catch up. I cannot wait. That's actually one of my favorite shows at the moment. They, uh, they're they they're ramping it up a little bit slower than usual, uh, but it kicks off where the last season left off. There's like no change. So so are some of the, the actors from the previous seasons yes. back? Okay, see, good. Yes. <coughs> see, see, I, I, see, did, see. I didn't want to see like a whole <laughs> new roster. I wanted to have right. some of those folks come yeah. back. Yeah, they're, you'll recognize everybody. Oh, good. I'm so giddy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot that that was out. I'm glad that you said something about no, that. Guys, I think I was on Netflix <laughs> I know you a forgot, few days guys. ago. I saw it. I know you come forgot. Up there, so. Yeah. Nice to know you're taking care of me. Uh, let's see. I also uh, got Netflix in the snail mail. Okay. And I got Hacksaw Ridge. 
Is that the Mel Gibson directed film? Mel Gibson directed it and he put <laughs> his... You're going to say Mel Gibson diarrheaed it and uh, yeah. No. And he threw his uh, sixth born son in there too. Oh. Mm-hmm. Keep it in the family. Keep it in the family. Is that the one where the... Uh, I can't remember who the, the main lead actor is, but it's isn't he like someone who like never shot anybody during yeah. the whole war? He just yeah. went out and rescued people. He's uh, he's our rejected Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield. Uh, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in the day, back uh, in, yes. back in uh, Okinawa, uh, there was a Spider-Man. Okay, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> he didn't shot. He didn't shoot a, a single shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, he uh, he. Was dude? I don't want to give away the film, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's basically. I'll give, just give you a brief synopsis. 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 He 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 doesn't want to fire a weapon. He doesn't want to kill anybody. Yeah. All he wants to do is uh, help people and save lives. He actually started helping Japanese people up there too. So which was uh-huh. like he he was all for helping people. Like <laughs> everybody's gonna get help. Did he ever? Okay, let me ask you this. Did he ever get injured? Uh, no, not, not beyond like cuts and scrapes and exhaustion. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. what's the third thing you watched? Uh, I think, uh, no, I think that was it. I was, <laughs> I, I, I went through a few shows. Um, you'd be holding up like a number two to me, but you say three, you're like, I have three things <laughs> I saw. <laughs> I'm like, I thought I, saw, I, 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 the third thing is like, leave me. I don't know. I don't want to have any like dead time. You're like thinking about it. I, I forgot what I watched. Maybe it'll come back to you. It'll come back to me, Ross. Right in the middle of the uh, topic of the day. Oh, the day. Hey, you know what? You just let me know if you remember it. Like, stop the music, stop the music. Everything (laughs) for your thought. That's how we like to roll around these parts. (laughs) I was going to take your microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say another word. Just paid that off. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Wow. What about you? I have done quite a bit this week. As you well know, mm. this past week, mm. I have been on vacation, which I don't even know if that's Italian or Spanish or just plain wrong. Maybe it's English. I don't know. And how they say it in California is vacay. Vacay. Mm-hmm. I'm going on holiday. I'm going on holiday. Holiday. I don't want you to know where I am. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's been great. It's been absolutely refreshing to be able to do what it is that I want to do I when a, I want to do it. I need a holiday, Gandalf. And in fact, I don't wish to ever come back. I mean not to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good old Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. So what I did was I played quite a bit. Let's see here. I have been playing a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn, which you've actually seen me play some of. <laughs> For those folks out there who are listening, Steve finds to be on the uh, the observing end of Horizon to be rather dull. I, uh, so I'm on the snoring end. I do think that if you were to play it, though, I think mm-hmm. you would really enjoy it because the gameplay mechanics are just spot on the whole time. Actually, Steve was there with me when I first discovered a Stormbird, mm-hmm. which is not to be confused with the Glinthawks. The Glinthawks are kind of annoying in their own way, but the Stormbird kind of made the old butthole pucker there a little bit. Just when I saw it, I was like, oh. I don't want to uh, attract the attention of that. And of course I did. Mm-hmm. But were you proud of me, Steve? I was. First time out. Took it down. Yeah, bow and arrow. Went right through uh, metal and iron and cast alloy yeah. and whatever. Hogs had to make it my own. That's right. Mounted up on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> stuffed it with the... Well, nothing because it's metal. It's metal. <laughs> it's, it's already stuffed with wire. It holds up rather well. Uh, you got me thinking about Gandalf now. 
<laughs> That's good. That's a good thing. The, I like to. The ring, Belba, is still in your pocket. <laughs> what is it now? Belba <laughs> <laughs> uh, Baggins, I am not some old codger of cheap tricks trying to rob you. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I love that movie. I know you say Bill, but like, okay, no. Come here and give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, other than that, within Horizon Zero Dawn, I got to this awesome area, and I actually, I think I remembered to take a picture of it. I posted it on Joygasm TV's Twitter account, but seriously, one of the, the coolest environments I have seen in gaming history. Let me tell you, it. Like you, you go through, I, I don't want to give it away too much, but basically you you reach this point of the main quest where you um, are discovering a bit more of humanity's past. Mm. And you're obviously in some sort of ginormous, like military-esque hangar bay that looked like something that, that you would just, you'd store a lot of just really large military stuff. Or, yeah, military stuff. <laughs> um, but... In there, you could tell like like a battle was waged um, many years ago, and you're seeing kind of the leftovers from that, and you can see like this huge like nightmarish cyborg character that like you know like those squiddies from the Matrix. Mm, those are the Sentinels. The Sentinels, yeah, but they call them squiddies. Ah, oh, sure, Russ. Steve, I just watched the entire trilogy recently, so this lingo is fresh in this noggin. Mm. But you are correct. They are the Sentinels. Yes. Anyway, they're think of kind of sort of like that, only <laughs> way bigger, like the size of a skyscraper. You have to use the correct classification of the machine. Correct. And so, <laughs> um, I mean, you saw like all of these long, like tentacle cyborg arm Ooh, things. They're, they're just, they're just all like smashed and frozen <laughs> in these places where you could tell he, he was just kind of burrowing down deep into mm. this, this um, kind of cave bunker of the military. Yeah. And he had these, uh, where, I don't know if it's a, she it could be he, she would we'll say it. Um, but it had these other types of, I think they're called death bringers, mm. which um, some of the, the evil clansmen, the, those, those pesky mm. tribal folk. That sounds nasty. Russ. They unlocked one of them. And so I had to fight that one. Sounds like it would hurt. It, a, uh, a death bringer. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, just, it's not, it doesn't sound like it's very cuddly. No, not or happy or smushy. Not happy. Yeah. Not Yeah. Um, but anyway, after I defeated that, thing, that monstrosity. I actually hung around and just looked in awe of how the environment artists created this entire room because, I mean, seriously, it just looked just breathtaking. You look at it and you're, you're like, wow, like this is done in real time. This is not a cinematic and I'm able to walk right up to it. I can walk back farther away. And so I was pretty much geeking out on that whole. Where you're like, whoa. And then you're like, whoa. And then I was like, wow. Yeah. Whoa. And I was like, whoa. Uh, let's see. I was also continuing to play Hellblade, which you also sat down and saw mm. some of. I did. What do you think of it? Based just based on what you have seen, uh, you, haven't, you haven't played it yet. Yeah, I, it's 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 colorful. It's high res. It has RGBs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, a mixture of the three in there spilled somewhere. It's amazing what happens when you combine those three. <laughs> uh, I think I would I, 
probably get tired of playing it after a little while. I just kind of have to get away. Mm-hmm. I, I like all the thoughts that she has in her head or the voices or whatever. She's kind of disturbed, but because um, everyone's going to have these thoughts. I mean, no matter if it's going to be just observations or past memories that reflect where you're at right now or something like that. But uh, I mean, she has all sorts of different voices talking to her at the same time. So at some point you just want the voices to go away. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, and I think I mentioned this before, if I had like a 5.1 or 7.1 surround sound. You have nightmares? <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a lot worse. And actually what I did, because sometimes the sound, I, I got to commend the, the sound editors for the game because that is the one component that is just absolutely nightmarish. There was a point where like some of it was getting a little too intense for me. I was like, okay, I, I can't, I want to finish this section, but I just can't handle the sound. Yeah. So I ended up muting it. And suddenly the game was like, oh, well, this ain't so bad. You know, yep. and it's just, it once again reinforces the notion that sound is 50% of the experience, whether it's in a movie or a video game, just anything. And um, I mean, the game itself is gorgeous. The graphics are just, just really just jaw dropping. But in terms of that heebie-jeebie, give me the chills, that sort of thing, it was the sound that really does it in that game. And I don't even know how far along I am. Um, in terms of just like kind of a, a progress report, I do enjoy the game. I do think though that the fighting is a bit sloppy. It's just, it's kind of a button masher. There's yeah. not a whole lot of strategy involved with it. Um, I do wish that the blocking and the dodging was a bit tighter. I wish the effect for the sword swing was better. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like a white uh, swish. Yeah. Like, I, that's it? Really? Are we yeah. going back to Strider days or... Uh- <laughs> Well, and I think too, I don't think she's actually fighting anyone. I think it's all in her head. I think it's oh. part of that whole psychosis thing. Yeah. And the dark rot, for those of you who do play Hillblade, has been slowly but surely creeping up my arm. It's a little unsettling to see. I think it's just past my elbow now. So hopefully it won't go up too much farther because I really don't want to have to start the whole game over again. The, the puzzles, however, are probably the most rewarding aspect to the game. I do enjoy trying to figure that stuff out. And I do love how there are certain um, hallucinations and portals and stuff mm-hmm. where, like, you could see certain parts of the, the environment that was once blocked off. And all of a sudden, if you walk through, like, a particular portal or door, then suddenly it's... I, well, it's literally, like, Valve's Portal 2. There we go. Hey! hey! <laughs> Other than that, though, I also beat... Sonic Mania. Oh my goodness. Made it past that freaking boss from Oil Ocean. And I that is hands down the toughest boss for me personally in the game. I, oh my gosh, I had to restart Oil Ocean so many times. I, I lost count how many times I had to do it. And I had to make it through both zones before I get to the boss. So yeah, no bueno when it comes to that. But I was able to, to persevere. Mm. And made it through the rest of it. It was a lot of fun. Brought me back to the heyday of Sonic. I'm not done playing it yet because I only discovered one Chaos Emerald. There are seven. So it actually, at the end of the credits, it had Dr. Robotnik kind of juggling the ones that I didn't get. That's as he used to. Mm-hmm. All completely old school. And there was actually some some little extras in the options I didn't notice before. Oh. You know, like when you're, <laughs> you know, your favorite bonus level where oh. you feel like you're going to barf? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a there are two different types of bonus stages. One is the one where you have the giant ring that you can find and jump into, and that's gonna help you to gain like the the chaos emeralds and the continues. I just discovered that. Hmm. However, the other one where you hit like a, a checkpoint and you jump into the little like sparkly ring that generates from it if you have enough rings on you, it's that weird like checkerboard 
uh, sphere planet thing where you're trying to hit all the blue dots and dodge the red ones and stuff. Those are the ones where like you'd always get one of those little, it looks like a, coin of some kind, like a dime or a nickel or something like that. I think those pertain directly to being able to unlock a lot of the, the extra features that are currently, um, well, locked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Russ, <clears throat> in Clash Royale, 2v2 is back. Oh! And they brought it back without a time limit, so it might be here to stay. Very interessante. Very nice. Yes. And I did my my classic uh my classic thing where I, I get past uh, the point where I'm I'm in like the competitive trophy range. Oh sure. And I don't want to go below that because you get like a special chest as long as you're you're beyond four thousand trophies, you get like a special chest where you can actually you don't have to necessarily uh accept what they give you. They'll give you a choice of different cards. Right. Like, okay, we're going to give you one of these two. Which one do you want? You go, oh, I want that one. And they go, okay, fine. Now these two, which one do you want? So you get more of a choice. And so as long as you stay in that range, you're good. So oh, I, nice. I I keep on playing um, 2v2 so I, I can continue to get other regular type loot boxes uh-huh. without having to go through the rage and the stress and the possibility of breaking a phone uh, <laughs> with constant losing of, of uh, just doing 1v1. I'm going to have to actually play that with you again at some point. Well, I do have two phones here, Russ. <laughs> well, perhaps next episode we'll be able to... Is it going to be around next episode? Well, like I said, don't have no time limit, Russ. So, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to last another week for sure. That is very good news. <gasps> Indeed. I'm looking at what else I what have. What are you looking at, Russ? What, what are you looking yeah. at? I'm trying to, try to get this to where You know, you've been watching Vikings. Netflix has a new Vikings show on it uh, that popped up in my feed. Uh, I thought, uh, what is it called? I think it starts in the end. It's like the, the Northern or Northern or Northern. So I don't know. <laughs> Northmen or something like that. North something or other. I thought it said a horseman at first. And then I went back and I was like, it said like Northmen. I think it was. Oh. So, uh... Yeah, I might, uh, might want to check that out. I know how much of a Viking you are. I know. I'm going to definitely check that out for sure. I'm actually trying to get logged into something here, and it's not showing me. Oh, oh it just worked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, go. So let me see here. I have to blow my popasis, which is pig Latin for nose. <laughs> I think, we, I think we just made that up. Actually, I got it from Curly from the Three Stooges. Okay. <clears throat> Curly said it, and it's real. Uh-huh. I've also hooked... Well, we... I'm sorry. I, I almost had a Top Gun moment where I said I... Thank you. Instead of we. We unboxed the Nintendo Switch, and I popped in Mario Kart, in which case we took turns playing it, and I, for one really do enjoy it. I think it's just a fun, casual game. It's exactly why I got the Switch in the first place. We had a little bit of a problem, though, with trying to figure out how to do multiplayer on there. And this is something that um, I think you and I were kind of talking about. I've talked to um, a couple other people about, too. But some of the instructions that Nintendo has on their Switch, uh, it reminds me kind of like Ikea instructions, where you buy a piece of furniture from Ikea. There really aren't a lot of text-oriented directions. It's more like just these pictures, and some of which are easy to understand, and other ones you're kind of like, what? And I think that was kind of the case for us, was that 
we were trying to get two player Mario Kart to work. And so we took off the, the joy cons off of both sides. We're like, okay. And we're, and we're trying to hit, remember how we were trying to hit those little shoulder buttons, the trigger buttons, like it was saying, those are the actual wrong ones to hit. You actually have to rotate the controller as if you were about to hold it when you're going to play it. And then there are all these two tiny little shoulder buttons that are actually aren't even on the shoulders. They're more like toward the center. And you have to push both of those down simultaneously in order to activate that particular joy con for that particular player. So needless to say, Steve, you and I have some Mario Kart goodness to play. Indeed. We haven't even checked out Zelda yet. I'm purposely like staying away from Zelda for now because mm. it's yet another bow and arrow game. And I have both Horizon Zero Dawn and Rise of the Tomb Raider to try and beat first. I don't want to like get overwhelmed with all these bow and arrow games. Mm. I've heard that Zelda is like over 100 hours long. Well, it's going to take a long time, Steve. Better get started now, Ron. Mm-hmm. Of course, last night we did play some Forza Horizon oh, Three. So I, I uh, you know what, Russ? Let, let me let me just listen to you, Steve. Go ahead, go ahead and gush. You know, I, I'm going to hold off from gushing for a little bit. I I, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with your ass. <laughs> I let you borrow two games. Is it a femur? I let you borrow two games, Russ. <laughs> and I I ask for once to borrow one game. Oof. You say no. Oof. I never said no. Yeah, oh, you, Don't oh, you, you put words uh, in my mouth. You, you, Don't you put words. You didn't I, say I, yes. I stayed silent is what I did. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was you listening to me? It. You're like, well, don't you have other things to do? Yeah. And in silence. Well, because we were playing. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of us was playing. <laughs> you were playing. Exactly. What's left you to speak? No, I was contemplating. You know, Steve, I will <laughs> let you borrow. Forza Horizon oh, 3. Oh, my goodness. Well, along with a little bobbity booby, bobbity beeby, have a freaking tomato. <laughs> uh, the only problem is, though, Steve, is yeah. I know that if you borrow the game, yes. it's going to be a long time, a long time before I ever get to play that game again. Because well, you, I'm still not done with the game. Well, Russ, you got all those other <laughs> stuff to play. I mean, you got a freaking closet full. It's very true. It's you know, I mean, you only have so much time in a day. Yeah. You only got so much time in a year. It's very true. You only got so much time in your life. We're mm. looking at another system coming mm. out here in November. All right? It's true. When you're right, you're right, Steve. And uh, you're right. You know what? We still have to play GTA with the new uh, the new DLC. I know. So many games, so little time. Now well, you got, now you got me thinking about the Sopranos. As long as you, I know we got all kind of Italian gangsters. Hey, hey, all right, this guy hey, over here. All right, look at this guy. Yeah. Well, and then we have to do the heavy breathing course. You look at you. You're a good kid. You look at you. You do a lot for this family. Yeah, got a lot of respect for you. What have I ever done for you in the past? You're a good earner. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot of breath. <laughs> Uh, but yes, if you would like to borrow the game, Steve, you may borrow it with the stipulation that if I have a sudden hankerage for the game, then just bring it over. That's a good thing I only live about eight minutes away. (laughs) If I run real quick, I could probably get here in a half hour. I like it. (laughs) It seriously is so fun. I actually haven't played that game in a little while until just last night when we were playing some more of it. It's fun to watch too. I mean, just no matter what it is, it's just, uh, it's, you could tell that they just wanted to just rack that fun factor up to 11. It's fun to yell and scream too when you're playing the game. It Especially is. Especially when you're playing Hot Wheels and you got like a sudden burst of speed and then go off a jump. And then, <laughs> uh, 
the lighting is so well done. I know we've already talked about this, but just the, the way the, the sun hits the plastic orange tracks. So certain parts have kind of that hot burnt orange look mm. while the other parts just have more of that uh, spread out specular highlighting. Just looks very nice. Indeed. I also started watching the latest Sherlock Holmes season with the wife. And let me tell you that first season was, no, not first season, first episode mm. was a doozy. Normally, we can try and binge watch that. We can do about two or three episodes per sitting. But both of us look at each other. We're like, I need to go to bed. Like after that, they like launched so much stuff at us at one time. We're just like, yeah, okay, that's good. That's good. But we're needless to say, we are very excited to continue on. Actually, I need to get my House of Cards watch on. Have you seen the latest season? I don't think it's out yet. No, it is. It was the one. It came out like right during like the thing. Like it was either during or right after the um, the last presidential election that came out. And I mm. haven't seen it yet. You know what is coming out, though, Russ? What's that to you? The next season of South Park. Oh, what are they on? Like their 25th season yeah, or something? I don't have, I've lost count. But yeah, I think it's coming out September 13th. That's insane. They have. I, they, I think that they may be in the running against the Simpsons. Ooh, I just touched your toe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Get back on your side of the table, Russ, okay? <laughs> Um, I think they must be in the running against the Simpsons for the most longest running TV show. Cause I think the Simpsons currently holds the crown yeah, for that and yeah. they're still going. I think someone on the Simpsons just got fired. The, 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 the guy who makes the music in the Simpsons, he's got fired after we're doing it for like 20 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I wonder what happened there. I don't know. Must be a falling out. Or yeah. something. And of course, Last but not least, and we'll, we'll get to more on this later, we have been playing a lot of Overwatch. Indeed. Specifically, the deathmatch and team deathmatch modes. Um, that's just, you know, real briefly, I think it's a lot of fun. You uh, you think it's fun? Briefly, yes. Okay. We'll get- <laughs> <laughs> He's a man of simple words, ladies and gentlemen. Um, one other thing that I would like to cover before we get into some uh, gaming news is that um, we actually have some new areas that have joined the Joygasm family of listeners. Are you ready for this, Steve? You, also, you got really quiet over there. Yeah. He, he's all ears. I, he, I, he's very interested. I think I stopped breathing there even for a second. <laughs> <laughs> he's turning purple. I like purple. <laughs> <laughs> so the latest two countries to join the Joygasm family is Australia Aye. and India. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So really, really cool. We now have folks from the United States, of course. We have Japan in second place. We have Germany in third. We have Canada, France, United Kingdom, Spain, Ukraine, Australia, India and the United Arab Emirates. And, you know, it's very, like I said, very small, humble beginnings. We've had uh, two folks from India and two folks from Australia. So a heartfelt welcome to the Joygasm family. We're happy to have you here. Hopefully you'll stick with us for a long time. Hopefully we'll be able to hear from you guys too. Absolutely. And without further ado, I say we get into some gaming news. (gasps) It's going to be real short this time around, but that's okay. Sonic Forces release date announced, Persona 5 outfit available as pre-order bonus. Sega has announced that Sonic Forces will be released in North America on November 7th, which I have marked my personal calendar for. 
Pre-orders are now open for the physical bonus edition priced at $40 USD and $55 CAD, which includes a Sonic Forces controller skin, as well as an assortment of in-game cosmetic items, allowing you to customize your hero to look like various Sega and Atlas characters. So it's pretty cool. I don't know if I'm going to get the actual physical copy of the game. I think I might just stick with the digital download. But especially after completing Sonic Mania and also just wanting to replay it again, my hopes have gone up for Sonic Forces. So I hope it's going to be a fun romp through. The other store that we have is Overwatch animated short Junkertown. The plan just got released, I think, about a week ago. Steve, let me hear your thoughts on that. I wonder something, Russ. You know, and uh, they, they released the overview of the map as well as the uh, the whole cinematic stuff with Roadhog, Road, Road Hog, not not Roadkill, Russ, Roadhog, mm-hmm. and uh, Junkrat. And they did something which they haven't really done in a lot of the other cinematics, which is they mentioned another person. Who they Who mentioned? Are- the Queen of Junkertown. Okay. Now, I got a theory. Because if you watch also the, uh, the trailer for the, the map itself... You don't hear Athena talking about it. You don't hear Junkrat talking about it. You don't hear anybody else talking about it. Okay. There's a totally separate voice talking about the map of Junkertown. And I have a half a theory! Why would Blizzard, who's got a ton of contracts out for voice people and actors and whatnot, oh, sure. hire somebody else just to do one trailer? Huh? Why would they? I mean, they can. I mean, you know, it's feasible, but I mean, why would they do that when have, they have all these other voice actors there? I think at some point in the future, we may see a new character being the queen of Junkertown. Really? That's my thought. A little expansion into the old Junkertown area. Yes. Well, I hope you're right. You've actually been pretty good with some of your other past I theories. Do. I like the payload. The payload's like uh, what exactly what they show in the uh, in the little cartoon there. Uh-huh. It's, it's a big little like hover uh, thing full of gold and jewels and loot and whatever. I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, when I, I just watched it, and I think that um, a lot of the production values remind me a lot of Pixar films. It's just all the, oh, yeah. the editing and everything. I was so top notch. They got to come out with a movie. I mean, they need to come out with like a, a series. It's going to sell, Russ. They're going to have advertising for it, no problem. It's totally going to sell. Absolutely. It's totally going to sell. Moving on to movie news Han Solo. Paul Bettany joins cast of Star Wars spinoff, which I am also very excited about. Do you know who Paul Bettany is, Steve? I was just thinking about it. And no. Paul Bettany has joined Disney and Lucasfilm's upcoming Han Solo movie. Director Ron Howard, you know who Ron Howard is, don't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Shared the news on Twitter, posting a photo of himself and the actor and saying, quote, the outer rim just got a little bit wilder, end quote. So just so you know, Steve, Paul Bettany is the actor from such famed movies as The Avengers. Uh-huh. You know, he was Vision. He okay, was, yeah, 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 yeah. He was yeah, also yeah, the voice yeah, of Jarvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. So kind of like one of the same, kind of, sort of, almost. Yeah, he was also in that one film that you and I both uh, love. I, was, I know Margin you're thinking. Margin Call. Margin Call is excellent, Margin Call. Yeah, he My was also goodness. in that chick flick, the uh, that Royal Knight or the Knight, Knight's Tale. He was in that, too. That's been a long time. He's a younger, sprightly-looking Paul Bettany in that one. Indeed. Anyway, I'm pumped for that because I'm a big fan of that uh, that particular actor. The Han Solo movie will be released in theaters on May 25th of 2018. Wonderful. I'm excited. Me too. 
Justice League news, Joss Whedon will receive screenplay credit. Now, this is something I thought was a bit interesting because Joss Whedon is the director of the Avenger movies. He did Avengers 1 and 2, um, as well as previously before that, he did like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and all those. The film's original mastermind, Zack Snyder, will receive the sole directing credit. Weenan, who took over for Snyder earlier this year following a family tragedy, will share a screenplay credit with the film's original writer, Chris, T <coughs> excuse me, Terrio. Terrio and Snyder will, sh will still share a story credit. These credits were revealed in Warner's fall preview press notes today. It's notable that following the seemingly extensive reshoots on Justice League, Whedon won't be getting any kind of co-directing credit with Snyder. And that's something that I... I don't know, I go back and forth on it. I think Whedon is probably going to be gracious about it, but it just it strikes me as kind of, you know, him swooping in like that is actually a really big solid he's doing for the movie as well as the production house. I don't know. Be interesting to see how that all pans out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he can. Yeah, why don't you, you know, why don't you give him a little something, something, you know? Mm. Finally, Haru, <clears throat> excuse me, Haru Nakajima, the original Godzilla actor, dies. According to NPR, Haru Nakajima, the, the Japanese actor who was the first person to put on the Godzilla suit and bring the iconic monster to life, has died. He was 88. Nakajima died Monday of pneumonia, his daughter and the Japanese movie studio Toho confirmed to multiple news outlets. Nakajima played Godzilla in the 1954 original and 11 subsequent films donning the suit that he said weighed about 220 pounds. Oh, yeah. And wreaking havoc on model cities and rival monsters. I'm sure he did. I weighed in that just... And, oh, and I don't think there's any air conditioning in there either. No. I mean, that's like, give prop, mad props to that guy. I'm sure he destructed a few things. Give me all the things. That's probably why Building. he looks so angry. He's trying yeah. to get out of the suit. <laughs> yeah, that's where the Godzilla noise came from. It's him inside going, <laughs> 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 He began his career in samurai films, including a small role in Akira Kurosawa's legendary 1954 film, Seven Samurai. I had the samurai top knot hairstyle holding a sword and I often played the guy who gets killed, Nakajima said in an interview earlier this year with The Great Big Story. Nakajima recounted that he got the attention of Godzilla director Ishiro Honda on the set of a World War II film. There was a scene where an airplane was on fire and an actor had to jump out of it. That was my role, he said. Quote, Mr. Honda saw this scene and thought, this guy is full of energy. End quote. They came to see me as someone who had guts, and I think that's why they wanted me for the role of Godzilla. In a 2004 interview with NPR, Nakajima described studying large animals at a zoo to help him prepare for the role of the lumbering reptile. Quote, I watched the feet of an elephant and also a bear to see how a monster would move. End quote, he said. Another quote I have listed in my notes here, it says, Since materials were so rare, things like rubber were not available. Instead, check this out, Steve. They used ready-mixed concrete, so it weighed about 100 kilograms. It was so heavy and hot, and with the lighting, it was even hot just to touch it. I was sweating all over my face, but I did the best I could, end quote. Ready-made yeah, concrete great. outfit, dude. That is nuts. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? The final little note I have here is that he acted in some 50 films ending in 1973. 
According to the New York Times, Nakajima, quote, is reported to have briefly taken a job at the bowling alley on the Toho Studio lot, end quote, and later made regular appearances at comic and movie conventions. So our best goes out to his family. Uh, definitely um, wish them condolences on, on what's going on, but at least it sounded like he had a, a pretty long and, and just eventful life altogether. And that's about it for movie news. No. Man, I, have to, I have to give you credit, by the way, Steve, because you were the one who actually <clears throat> came across that story. I'm glad Indeed. you told me about it because, you know, it's, it's, it's worthy of uh, remembrance. May you rest in peace. I do believe that without further ado, Steve, uh-huh. it is time for uh-huh. the Topic of the uh-huh. Day! <laughs> <laughs> So our topic of the day uh, is the Overwatch Deathmatch and Team Deathmatch impressions. Mm. Steve, I'll just start simply off with what is your overall impression of the new game modes? Well, I hope they're here to stay, Russ. Um, It's funny. I heard Jeff uh, Kaplan uh, do his whole little bit saying, you know, Overwatch is never going to be, you know, a a one-man army kind of thing. It's all going to be Mm team-based. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, I shouldn't have said that. You know, never say never. You know, he's a humble guy. <laughs> uh, and it, it's it's definitely fun. I, I do think the death match is more fun than team death match because I'm not, I haven't really found, figured out why uh, it's only a four on four with team death match instead of eight on eight. Like the maps are huge. Why not just have it eight on eight? Um, uh, so who knows? But I would like to have more characters in, in uh, team death match. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, one uh, one man army type is uh, is very fun. It is. It's very satisfying. I definitely do enjoy it quite a bit. I, I this is, these were the two modes that I felt were, were sorely lacking from this game, especially considering the fact that this was an online only game. There was no single player campaign mode whatsoever. When you think about it, it was just this team based multiplayer combat. And it's nice to see Blizzard slowly but surely rolling out these other celebrated game types. So like, you know, Capture the Flag came out. You and I were both very excited about that. That was super cool. And now that we have Deathmatch and Team Deathmatch, I, I just, I think I'm tickled. I'm tickled pink. That's why I'm Steve. Did you say Bungie or Blizzard? Blizzard. <clears throat> mm. It's amazing how two those Something. If I, uh, did I say Bungie? I don't know. I thought, I, that's what I heard. I, maybe you did, maybe you did. Who cares, Blizzard, Russ? Blizzard, Blizzard, blah, blah, blah. But it's funny you said Bungie, because when I started playing Deathmatch, I, 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 every single time I'm playing, I, I, I start, I, I want to hear Slayer from, <laughs> from Halo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. That, that's actually a really good point. I, I wish that they had something like that. <laughs> they need to bring out like a king of the hill. Yeah. <laughs> Team Slayer. All that stuff would be great. Let me hear you say that one. Someone, someone's going to hack it and you're going to have like a <laughs> a five player kill streak and they're going to say like Kilimanjaro. <laughs> All of a sudden you're like, what the heck? And you're like, seeing like little icons. <laughs> Actually, okay. So that brings up something that is sorely lacking from Overwatch. 
is the oh. fact, and I didn't even have this in my notes. Oh. You actually caused me to think mm. about this, Steve. One of my favorite things, and I believe we leave, believe it is one of your favorites as well, when mm. it comes to Halo multiplayer, is how you can score those little badges that yeah. appear, like double kill, triple kill, you know, overkill, that sort of thing, running riot. All of, I mean, they have a huge library of these badges that you can accumulate during any given match. And I think that Overwatch would just have a field day if they included that with their deathmatch and team deathmatch. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be um, limited to just those two modes. I mean, you capture the flag or even in just your normal payloads. I mean, I think literally every game mode could have that feature in there. And I think that would really up the addiction factor as if the game wasn't addicting enough. Yeah. But still, like, that is something that I think would be cool because that, for me having those badges during the, the Halo multiplayer is one of the most gratifying components. Um, what do you think? Yeah. Although sometimes if you, um, well, actually it would be harder to get in, in I think this than it would be in Halo because the, the maps were entirely bigger in Halo than they, than they are here. Uh, of course you could do, you know, 16 people. <laughs> sure. Um, so at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, it's part of it, yes. Part of it, no. Because you'd once you saw all the little badges, mm. you, you've seen them, you got them. You know, then if you get a rare one, it's like, oh, good. But otherwise, it's you already got, you've already seen it, so kind of whatever. Let's talk a little bit about what you just mentioned, which is the amount of characters that are within Deathmatch and Team mm. Deathmatch. Currently, it's eight players. Mm. And I agree. I think that it would be cool to have the full 12 character slots in Deathmatch instead of the eight. Perhaps future maps could vary in size, a la Halo. You know, they had certain ones that were smaller, certain ones that were larger, allowing for even more characters to play, whether it's 16 players, 32 players, or if you want to go crazy, like for the Mayhem mode, you can have like 64 players. We know it's yeah. possible because EA does it all the time with their Battlefield games. Right. <clears throat> However, I do think that should be that particular one should be limited to like the mayhem because that would just be that would be pandemonium, nuts. dude. You, you can imagine arenas such as like and uh, uh, the Antarctica arena, yeah, and where it's very small. But I mean, if you had a ton of people, oh my gosh! I mean, you'd be only alive for five seconds, and then were you <laughs> blowing up? It would be really cool, though, to see at least 16 players. Like, for instance, on, on the map that just dropped along with the modes called Chateau Guillard, um, I, for one, think that there aren't enough players on that map. Mm -hmm. I think that if you were to bump that up to at least 12, if not 16, but adding, let's, let's, let's be more conservative. Let's say 12. Having four more characters really would, I think, add a bit more fun to it because there are times when I'm playing it where you, I just don't run into people. Yeah. Uh, what they would have to do if they did that, though, is probably increase the total amount of kills that a player could get before the whole, game, oh, sure. the whole match is over, which is absolutely fine. I think in Halo, they went up to 50, didn't they? At some, some, yeah, depending on the number, yeah, I went up to 50. Mm -hmm. um, what, do you, what do you think of the map, Rose? I really like it. I think it's a nice addition to the overall map roster that they have for Overwatch. I like how there's a nice balance between the outside versus the inside. I like how many nooks and crannies there are that you can run around and sometimes you'll get the drop on people. Other times people get the drop on you. It just really depends on what your play style is like. 
I do like how the flow of the gameplay seems to be organic in that there's not one particular place that people constantly get stuck at. Having said that, I will say that there is a part of the map which has that <clears throat> kind of that, that, that stone catwalk with the health at the top. It's right next to that little green springboard thingy. Um, if I had to choose a, a certain area of the map, that seems to be kind of the common grounds that people find themselves in, which is pretty interesting. I don't, I don't know why that is, um, but not, that's not to say that it's not, it's, it's like every time you play, that's where everybody goes. That's not the case. It just really depends on who you get matched up against and see what happens from there. Well, I think because inside it's a little bit claustrophobic, which is not necessarily a bad thing because that means other characters that are like, for example, not Farrah that can fly off into the distance and shoot you from afar. Uh, like Winston, for example, he's really close up. Uh, Symmetra is also very close up. So those characters uh, will do great inside. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think ever after a while, people want to get out from all these you know, very close corridors sure. and get outside and uh, smell the roses a bit. Uh, but then everyone else goes, ooh, there they are. We're all watching that in one spot. So. Yeah, go ahead and smell that rose while I pistol whip you. <laughs> yeah. Now, what are your thoughts on the map? I think it's pretty. I think they, uh, you know, one thing they do in the title screen is you see a storm developing in the background. You see a little lightning and stuff, and I wish I could see more of that. Not necessarily that I'm paying attention, but I like those details. I mean, you know, it, it, while you're in Elios, for example, you see yachts and stuff going by. Uh, if you're in, uh, what is it? Uh, temple of Anubis. Sometimes you'll see like these like ships or sure. fly off the back. I, I like little stuff like that. And I, there's nothing much really going on. It's just, you're in a very small Island <laughs> that just can fit a, a chateau. And, uh, that's about it. One of the things I thought about as I was playing it, I, I liked how they included that little green radius springboard thingy. That's what's really funny. Cause it doesn't look like a springboard at all, yeah. but you, you get air. I was thinking it'd be nice to introduce environmental hazards to maps such as Chateau Guillard because they're, they're pretty small. Um, and it would add another dimension to your playing strategies. Like right now, the, the strategies largely revolve around the idea that if, um, if you're a Pharaoh, you want to kind of hang out more along the outskirts, right? Wait for people to come outside and take them out. Or if you're a Reaper or a Tracer or Symmetra, you want to hang out more inside because you want to try and draw people inside, that sort of thing. And that's all well and good. But one of the things I, I, I was thinking about with regards to Overwatch and the maps is the idea of like, well, what, what could you do? Like in the Chateau, like what if you had like booby traps everywhere? Not, not, not everywhere, literally, but just having certain things that if you're not watching where you're going, you could, you know, injure yourself or you could kill yourself, whatever it may be. And how would you be able to play that to your advantage? And I think the closest thing to that would be one map. I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a territory map that uh, it has like, um, Zenyatta's statues lining the outside and you, and you go in and there's like that middle area inside the temple. And then there's kind of like that pit around the, uh, the, that's Nepal, Nepal. Thank you. The Nepal shrine. One like that is, is a great example of how you have to watch where you're going. Otherwise they could take, you know, the advantage of the environment, and knock you off something to that effect. But then you know, what else could the wizards at Blizzard come up with? What could they think of that would be super fun that would add to just the excitement of the gameplay? A fire pit. 
There you go. <laughs> Fire's good. It's they, just a thought. I don't they, know. They seem to like electricity a bit. You know, Winston and uh, uh-huh. Doomfist, so you can have like a little electric kind of panels on a kind of a Junkerstein sure. kind of dealio there. Yeah, just things like that. It just, I mean, you, you could think of all kinds of different booby traps and that sort of thing, but I, I don't or, know. I think it'd be fun. it could have one of those green springboards, but like against the wall, so it doesn't shoot you up, it shoots you across. There you go. Oh, there's four. <laughs> I like where your head's at. <clears throat> Which characters do you think work the best on the map? Well, what I've seen so far, um, Symmetra definitely works very, very well. I I enjoy playing Farah on that on on the map very, very much. And I know you do too. Farah is one of my favorite characters. Uh, I still want to play more of Reaper and Winston on there. Um, people have been scoring a lot with uh, with uh, Junkrat. Yeah, Junkrat has been doing really well. Yeah. I I was holding off on playing Torbjorn because I'm like, where am I going to put that? My turret where it's not going to explode. And then this last time when I was playing, someone actually had enough time without getting knocked off to place it up on that top little, uh, you know, uh, pillar there where uh, the, the, hel- the full health walk. is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he just left it there and you can walk away from the thing, be anywhere on the map. And if it's close to blowing up and you have your ultimate ready, you can just hit the Y button and then he, that thing is shooting everybody outside while you're shooting everybody inside. You can get and rack up the kills that way. That's true. Hopefully, if the thing doesn't blow up. I've actually played against some Torbjorn players and they've done quite well, I, I must say. They, they were holding their own. Yeah. And, and I think the key is, like you said, you have to be able to get your cannon successfully set up because that can really change the tide in your favor. I mean, I think there were some Torbjorns that actually got first place. Yeah. I honestly don't know which character works the best in that kind of environment for that map. I've seen a variety of different characters win first place. Well, I can tell you what would be a good character in team deathmatch. What's that, Steve? Well, Mercy with their new abilities. Well, have those abilities actually been dropped yet? I think they've been dropped. Really? Yeah, because they were supposed to come out with uh, with season six, and I think season six is either out or it's or it's coming out like in a day or two. I'm pretty sure season six just got dropped. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I can check for you right now. Well, go ahead. You want, go, run. Why don't you go take a look, Steve? <clears throat> I'll just hang out over here. Right, well, anyway, well, let me just finish my thought here, Rod. So when you're playing team deathmatch. You rack up the points by getting kills. And Mercy, of course, <laughs> as you already know, uh, if she resurrects somebody, it subtracts the points. Well, with her new ability, you get that every 30 seconds. So if only one person dies on your team and your ability is more than ready to use, you can just raise that person right away. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, people are going to die pretty much within 30 seconds of each other. Unless someone does their ultimate and they all die, then you might as well die too because you well, you're going to die. You're the healer for crying out loud. You can't really shoot that much. Um, so anyhow, that, that she's going to be the, the, the character to have on, on Team Deathmatch. I agree. I think it's... I, for one, am very curious to see just how the, the game, gameplay experience is going to be once those attributes have been fully launched and are live. I know that I want to try it out and play it myself. Just... Uh, see like how it feels. I, I, I do have a sinking suspicion that season six. Yeah, okay. Season. Yep. Season six is dropped. I thought it, it was, um, 
I do think that there is a potential that I will become, you know, very frustrated with <laughs> being on the opposite team and having to deal with that over and over again. But I do think that when it comes to team deathmatch, team deathmatch is going to really be just intense with that thinking like, you know, like I think what we talked about before, if she can do like a team res or whatever and keep that, that amount lower and then all of a sudden be able to leapfrog to the whatever, what is the, the maximum limit on kills for team deathmatch? Is it 50 as well? No, or 30? I, I think it's still, uh, I think it's 25. Okay. Yeah. It's gotta be around 25 or 30, something like that. Well, my, my now another thing that I have to say a little critique is that I'm surprised that Deathmatch only has one map. Team Deathmatch actually has taken a lot of the pre-existing maps and just made the, the areas smaller. Yeah. Which is, I think is a great move because those maps are a lot of fun already to play. And it's just nice to be able to kind of, you know, make the, the boundaries a bit smaller so it makes the action more intense. I really can't think of why they would not include that for just Deathmatch. I can. Please enlighten me, Steve. Here's my theory, my hypothesis, which is, uh, I think they wanted to do a trial run first and see how everybody would would think about the uh, the death match. Uh, I think some of the designers would go, uh, you know, since we, we wanted it to be a team based thing, and we said we didn't want it to be a death match, and everybody wanted a death match. We'll see who's right here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And so I think they're going to wait a little bit for some feedback from their their viewers and their players and their audiences and their um, critiquers and see how uh, successful or not successful it is. And then I think we'll see some more maps be added to the mix. That's my hope. I, and I really do hope that they plan on just really busting the door open with all kinds of new types of, of map sizes. Mm -hmm. This one that we have with, with um, Chateau Guillard is a more of a smaller map, but I would love to be able to see some, some larger maps. And like I previously mentioned, just in, increase the amount of players that can actually play on the map because it's just going to be a lot more fun to be able to engage that many people. I, I think it's just gonna be great. You know, uh, the map, uh, Hanamura sky market, mm -hmm. you know, how it's raining. No. When you're playing, oh, no, yes. not, not capture the flag, but yeah. tip it, but the regular gotcha. uh, yeah, objective. Uh, that would be cool to have rain on certain parts of, of oh, sure. Chateau Guillard. Or snow. Yeah. Or snow. There you go. I have some ice out there. Or how about some fog? Get some San Francisco Ooh. fog going. A little Thule fog. Little San Fran Frigo. A little, little roll, like rolling fog. Not be able to see where you're yeah, going. See, there you go. See, play with the weather effects a little bit, or de depending what, on the season. What if the entire map was based around some sort of architecture that was on fire? So there was fire everywhere. Gee whiz, Russ. Yeah, a little fire in Brimstone. Yeah. Smoke and fire. Can't really tell where you're going. Going back to the environmental hazard idea, you know, certain parts could all of a sudden burst apart and stuff, and you'd fall down or whatever. I mean, I think it's a. Hot idea. <laughs> <laughs> that really warms my spirit. Yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> well played. I'm sweating with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop. No, no, you're on a roll. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> I think that's about all that I have regarding this. Did you have any other thoughts? 
Uh, I'm definitely glad it's there. I mean, just just to recap, very happy that that both. De- I'm very glad that. I'm glad. <laughs> really glad uh, the math, the math of death, death match, match, team match, death. You know, Something like that. they have other levels in the chateau that I would like to explore. Ross, they kind of just have the base level and a sub level, but not like a, a second or third level. Like a clock tower. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday in the future they'll expand upon the map. Probably not. Well, uh, like I said, I'm very... Oh, I see the lightning What you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah. You see, Russ, just like at Horizon, I too have the nickname of Storm Bird, wow. Storm Crow, <laughs> Storm Chaser. <laughs> I call you Chicken Little. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Did you have any other final thoughts regarding deathmatch or team deathmatch? Now that my laugh really uh, hyperventilated me. No, I'm thinking I'm done. <laughs> I think that's about it. Right? I was going to start coughing in a second. Well, I think that wraps it up for this episode. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at TV and Facebook.com slash TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can also listen to our podcast on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash TV or search TV on YouTube. And Twitch. Hey! Just do a search for Joygasmin TV on Twitch as we are um, really starting to use that channel aggressively. We're on there multiple times a week. We tend to, I'd say, sign on right around, I'd say, 9 p.m. Central Time. But we haven't got any clips up there. We're just usually just live. Yeah, we're just live. We, we don't have any uh, pre-existing clips that we do. Sometimes we'll do play of the week clips that we'll post up on YouTube if you guys are interested in checking that out. But... That is something that uh, we're going to need to work on, actually. I think we need to be a little more informative and let folks know precisely when we'll be on that we can join us. Actually, the last time I was on there, we did quite a few. We played some Overwatch. We played some Hellblade. I believe we played... Oh, what was that other one? Horizon. We played some Horizon Zero Dawn yeah. uh, live, yeah, so that was a lot of Sonic fun. Too, yeah. yeah, I played some Sonic Mania on there, and I think uh, we had about five of you join in, and that was really cool. Actually, I think 11. At one point, it was 11. Oh, it was 11. Yeah. yeah. So that'd be a fun thing to do because that is a big part of our show as well is to just be able to engage in gaming with you guys. That's why we're, you know, a big reason why we're doing this in addition to the movies and pop culture, that sort of thing. So it's to be a good way to interact. I mean, people can comment right there and, and then. And, oh, yeah, uh, the chat room. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And the nice thing is, is that odds are one of us is probably just hanging out, watching their one to play. And so they'll be able to interact with you guys throughout the, uh, the chat room as well. Be sure to join us next episode as our topic of the day will focus on Apple conference predictions. But until then, happy gamers. Yeah, guys.